Safety blitz again. They yep. got him. The ball's loose. Yep. It's recovered by Tafua. And no one will stop him. Morgan Scally, the defensive coordinator, brought double A gap. Thompson couldn't get away from him. Oh, big fella's running. He's trying to get there. I think he was, uh, as he was going, he was Tafua. 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 As he made his way into the end zone there. <laughs> Sophomore from Hawaii. Taking it all the way. how you play in a phone book. This is for Nick Ford on the if block. And Moss, a rolling stone, gathers no Moss. He's in. <laughs> well, I'm telling you what, that is so sweet to look at. Yeah, he can run light, heavy, catch passes, whatever you want to do. Simpkins in motion, third and four. Wide open. That's Keithy again, and he slipped the tackle. He could take it to the house. Touchdown. And he turns it, makes him pay for that lack of technique and execution and defense. There you go. Some of your highlights as Utah gets the blowout victory over UCLA, just as uh, pretty much all of us predicted. You're listening to your Ute preview show. Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard, but more importantly, the great Frank Dolce. Hi, Frank. Hi, Frank. Oh, oh it's so friendly. Hi, Frank. I wish people – am I on? Yeah. Yes. I, can you hear me? Yeah. Yes. Wh- why, Mic check. I don't understand check. why you're saying what. what you? I wish people could see the off-air happening, the <laughs> oh, interactions man, between the three of us. You called and you said, I'm going to be 35 minutes late. Why don't you guys just be happy okay. about it? The initial conversation was, I'm going to be late, oh, and I want okay. both of you to be happy. Okay. This is what I'm talking about. This is an insight. Yep, boost Frank up a little bit. Thank you, Lloyd. This is the insight I'm talking about because literally 99% of what you just said is not true. (laughs) Kate, you know what is true? You defiled my new pin right out of the gates. Wait. You Wait. T- you took the new pin that Scotty just just got off the lathe from me. Yeah. And you defiled it. And I. How? Wait, how did I defile it? Wait, oh, I get it. That's my fault. In the Italian culture, that's how you. You warm a gift. Is it? That's warming a gift for somebody. Yeah, absolutely. You put it in your armpit? No, that's not how Italians do it. I think Germans do it like that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Scotty, really quick before we jump into some yes. of this like, more detailed stuff. So this, I think it was the color analyst that said, that's right, Frank, uh, no stone collects moss. No, yeah. How, how long does a guy work on something like that? Uh, like that one stone, seemed like he, was, rolling stone he had been sitting on no that moss. one for a while. Yeah. 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 That's right, Frank. Uh, Rolling Stone gathers no moss. And a nice chuckle. But I don't even know how he worked that in. Yeah, it's dumb. What do you mean? Well, because... You don't need a context. No, because a, nope, you don't moss need is a Rolling Stone. So, uh, and, and so... Yeah, but it all just kind of works together. It's well, like I was telling my kids the other day. I was telling my kids this the other day. I got to call the Utah-Alabama game at the Sugar Bowl. And... At that time, Alabama had a terrific wide receiver. Do you remember who it was? Uh, that was uh, some – was that Julio, Julio Jones? Julio Jones. Yep. And so my bit for that game was the Paul Simon yeah. song. Yeah, And every time he caught a ball, I would say, there goes me and Julio. Back behind the – Down by the schoolyard. Down by the schoolyard. Yeah. And so, and so Julio's playing – a game the other day, and we're watching it, and he caught a ball, and I said that. Yeah. There he goes, me and Julio down by the schoolyard, and my son, 14-year-old son, said, 
what are you talking about? So I immediately so now you have to the play song. the song. Yeah, I played the song, which is by the way a yeah. tremendous song. It's a great song. Um, Anne's probably hates it. <clears throat> I, I'm not a fan. Yeah. But well, if it's not. So how do you, how do you, you've got to like work it in like organically, like things have to be organic yeah. on a, on that's a, not, on that's not necessarily and, true. And, well, no, you can play by play. Like, Did you ever hear Dennis Miller do <laughs> the color? <laughs> there was nothing horrible. organic. I mean, he, oh, he was fantastic. Oh, he he was talked terrible. about the crusades no, I, and I can, I've actually got Frank's back on this one. I actually really enjoyed. And it's okay for us to have differing opinion on this. I, I thought he was garbage. I, I really didn't like you, him. You know how he said that, Scotty? He said, you all are idiots. Exactly. No, he said, it's okay no. for us to have differing opinions, but my opinion's right. That's exactly thought, what he said. I just thought his one year on air was terrible. It was amazing. He should still be there. By the way, did we talk about this last week? When Monday Night Football used to be an iconic yes. broadcast. An Frank, iconic, Frank Allen Dan. Oh, man. It's changed. It's It's changed. It's well, not as it's do not they as have fun. a consistent like I feel no. like it's just all mixed. Not, in, I, yeah. in fact, I think as as ESPN took it over, it's not be it's it's gone the wrong way. But like, you know who does a great? If you want to listen to a great broadcast, I can't remember his name now. Scotty, you'll know the the guy who does almost all of the NHL games. He does all of the NHL playoffs. He's iconic. He is so yeah. I know who you're talking good. about. I don't know the name, but it is he makes the game so yeah. much more entertaining. I'm not a huge NHL guy, but I know I know who you're talking about. I can't remember yeah. the name though. Do you, we'll come up with that. Do you not like Booger McFarland? Booger is not, I, good. I, not good. I, I see. I just don't know. I don't. I don't know Joe Tessitore, who I used to like, but I don't like him on Monday Night Football. I just don't think it's. Like, I think we have such high expectations of what the Monday night broadcast should be that anything slightly less than that is and, – and I think there's too, too much, too much tri- trickery. Like, we have seven people on the sidelines, and we have this guy, the sky judge, and we have the other thing. That was a shout-out to the AAF. By no, the I know. <laughs> <laughs> Full steed ahead. Um, but, you know, I was watching uh, – I saw a thing the other day of uh, – of uh, who's the guy that Merlin did the games with? Why am I Pat Summerall? Pat no. Su- pa- oh yeah, Pat Summerall. Pat Summerall is great, but Merlin didn't do games with Pat Summerall. He did. Uh, John Madden did. It was John oh Madden. John Madden and Pat Summerall. Uh, yeah. But I was thinking of uh, oh, why am I spacing his name? Famous guy, but it's not Michaels. No, no, not Al Michaels. Oh, now it's going to kill me. I see his face right now. But anyway, it was just the two of them, and mm. they're in an outdoor setting. Uh, there's no climate-controlled booth that they're in. It's just Dick Enberg. Dick Enberg. That's exactly what I was thinking of. So so you got got the two of them. There's one guy there spotting for them, and then that's it. They're on their own. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just old school. It was... It was Clean. awesome. A lot it of people, I, I don't, I don't remember any of those calls, but a lot of people tell me that that was a really good crew. That Inver awesome and, crew. And Merlin were. Because, oh, they and, were fantastic. And you know, as a Broncos fan in that era, they were going to the playoffs a lot. So I, I heard that. I grew up with pretty much that crew. Yeah, and I loved them. Yeah, there's just been iconic broadcast broadcasters, and so let me tell you what has made things really tough for me is is I've worked into the broadcast thing and become more interested in the voices because I. Growing up, I had zero interest. Didn't, Which is interesting because none. your uncle there, you yeah. thought that you'd be dialed in I there. Know. And it's, it's, it's almost bizarre to me because I, I still get really lost in the game, and I tune voices out. So I don't, I'm yeah. not overly involved in the broadcast. But I'll tell you what's ruined me is the continuity and the, just the full-on enjoyment of the TNT crew on, on NBA Live. What is it, NBA? NBA 
NBA tonight. NBA tonight. Mm-hmm. No, I inside, know what you're inside about. the NBA. Inside the NBA with go. with Ernie Johnson, Shaq, Chuck, Kenny, Chuck. Yep. It's the best. Yeah, it's iconic. So wh- yeah. So what's happened to me is. I watch those guys, and I'm just there with them. I feel like I'm at the desk with them, having fun. I'm learning stuff. I'm taking into account that Chuck says crazy things, but I listen close to Ernie's stats. I love the numbers that come, love the fun that that comes. And then I turn on a Sunday broadcast, you know, these booth broadcasts on Sundays, and I'm like, what is this? Yeah. Mm -mm. Who do these guys think they are? So, Okay, so Terry Bradshaw is known for kind of – you know, churning things up, and he's kind of a character, but it just doesn't ever doesn't, fit doesn't and flow work. for me. No, I agree. Well, you I know, and, the, and, the, and it's funny because I've sat in on meetings where you're putting crews together and stuff like that, and they're like, you know, we need to have it have that, you know, inside the NBA feel to it. Okay, well, ESPN's been trying to create inside the NBA for since inside the NBA started. You just can't, and it's ESPN's got a bottomless amount of resources, and even they can't put it together. You just can't. You can't replicate that kind of chemistry. It's either there or it's not, you know? One of the reasons why I think there's, you know, some radio shows, wink, wink, in the market that does better than others, you just can't replicate chemistry. You know, yeah. what's, you know what's weird about that? And, yeah, I, I agree with that. But you know what's weird about it, too? Like, as long as there's, like, two of the pieces, you can rotate a Chris Weber in there, and, and it still captivates yeah. my attention. Yep. As long as they know their role. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, and yes. don't get too much in the way, but... It's not that it always has to be Charles Barkley, because I've seen it when it's Ernie, Kenny, Weber, and Shaq. And, and it's not, it doesn't just have to be, you know, and I don't know if Ernie is the common factor of it. I think Ernie, Ernie, is Ernie deserves glue. all the credit. He's yeah. the glue. Because trying to rein in those, that herd of cats it is but pretty the impressive. Sh- but, but the show is not as compelling to me without Chuck. Oh, like, yeah. He is, he is one that I just think but is Ernie's got to be the setup Fascinating. Guy. But Ernie has to be there. If yeah. when Ernie's not there and he's not been there a few times, doesn't it doesn't work as well. <laughs> By the way, Lloyd just sent a text. Let's get to some Utah stuff before the mob gets to the gates. Yeah. You bring good, up a good point, Lloyd. Good idea, Lloyd. All right, Utah good rolls idea, Utah rolls over UCLA. Um not unexpected, but even in a dominant I like you still think, all right, they're gonna give up a touchdown here or there. Right? But man, they just put the hammer down. Hans was giving the numbers, the offensive numbers for UCLA a week ago. Mm-hmm. And they were averaging over thirty points a game for the last five games, something like that. Yeah. I thought they would score a touchdown. At least a touchdown. You gave them seventeen points. I think I gave them ten points. Mm-hmm. Scotty gave them three. And uh, what do you give three or seven? seven? Yeah, and they and the truth is that that they they found themselves in a position to score more points, but then penalties, mistakes, turnovers, pressure from the Utah defense, turnovers. Yeah, then then all of a sudden they're they're moving backwards. And and I thought it was really interesting in that in that game as we were watching that to see Dorian Thompson Robinson. Just decide the game was over. Like he didn't. He he didn't want to play anymore. I, I know it's a little bit late in the season to start a new segment. I, I I've wanted to start this called the Frank the the Frank Dolce game ball of the week post game game ball of the week. I, I wanna, oh, if yeah. you were to hand a game, we need to do a game ball every single Thursday preview. But we call it the preview. But a lot of times we start the preview with some review. So yeah. who would the Frank Dolce game ball of the week go to in this? In this game, I want to see if it's the same as mine because I think that there's 
I think that there's a like. It's hard to not give it to Brent Keithy. It's hard. It's not really. To give, it's really hard. It's hard not to give it to Bradley and I. Yeah. It's hard not to give it to Zach Moss or Tyler Huntley. Yeah. But you have somebody else in mind. I do. You have somebody else in mind. Uh, he was holding the edge that I think is is really interesting. He had a he had a score that changed the flow. So. Uh, had a score that took it from fourteen to three to twenty-one to three just before the so half. You, you, uh, you think it was Tafua? Yeah. That's good because you couldn't give me one more hint without me actually. Without actually saying, <laughs> 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 Mika was good, man. Initials yeah. are M and T. <laughs> and the broadcasters can't really get his name right. He was good. He was good. He was really good. There were there were lots of good performances. There were lots of really good performances. Bradley was fantastic. Bradley was good. You know, speaking of Bradley and I, I've been watching. I've been for for a little research. I was I was watching Oregon Arizona this week. Yeah, and just to watch, because I, I was wanting, I wanted to watch Arizona. Yeah, you're getting, you're getting then, both of uh, potential but, opponents. Well, but then I kept watching Oregon. Yeah, like my eye was. Attracted to that bright green, yes, duck uniform. Well, they beat them like fifty-three to nothing, or 53. it was yeah, it was close, something like that. But, but the but the point is this: the point is this. Oregon has an offensive lineman. We're getting way ahead of ourselves. I sh- we shouldn't do this, but yeah. Oregon has an offensive lineman that would be matched up. Who they the broadcasters kept saying his name is Sewell. He this is the best left tackle in the in the conference and he's you know this he's fantastic he can't and and he would be matched up against bradley and i yeah that would be an epic those two going to war that would be an epic matchup those two and and i watched really closely i want you to take a look when you get a chance this week and see who you think you would give the nod i have my suspicion who was the other high level Offensive target was it Washington that had? There was, yeah, Washington. Washington. Bradley already went up against a, another draft pick tackle. Washington had the center and the left tackle who were both draftable. Yeah. Pro, in fact, the center was number three, rated number three in the nation. And, but the left tackle was and remember fantastic. that Washington game. Bradley was close all game long, and then when it really counted, Bradley got the win. Yeah. Yes. So I would, I would give Bradley an edge, but I, I have not watch this Oregon tackle enough to to say it definitively. Anyway, back to back to Utah and and what they did where, against where would UCLA. You game ball? Uh man. I'd go Keithy. I, I think pick. Keithy yeah. I think Keithy was fantastic. He was he's well deserving of the game ball. I can't get His around was incredible. I it was. I can't get around um what the two premier players on that offensive side did Zach Moss and Tyler Huntley. I like how we set the over under line on incomplete passes at six and a half and he was still way under and he was under. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. I don't know what to do with that. 14 of 18, 335 yards. He's almost 17 yards per completion. Well, that's the other thing. It's easy to have a high completion percentage when your yards per attempt is way down. That's exactly right. And we talked about that in the beginning of the yeah. season, like his pass efficiency in terms of completion percentage was really good, but then he was only completing passes for six, seven yards per completion. 
And we said, well, that has to go up. <laughs> Lo and behold, wow. here it goes, it ticking is. up, ticking up, ticking up. So he, he, he was fantastic. Zach Moss was fantastic. Keithy was great. Burgess was awesome. Burgess was really good. Did we talk about Jalen Johnson? We have not. But why, we, why not? We can talk about that next. Okay. We're live. Okay. Here at uh, Tim Daly Infinity, 4594 South State Street. We've got our Pac-12 shakedown coming up, minus the shakes. Uh, we'll do that coming up at uh, 12. We're getting shakes here. I don't know how we're going to do it, but I have an idea. No shake for me today. Yeah. Shakes are coming. Yeah, no. You shut no, up. I, I did some long-distance running today. And by long distance, I mean two miles. <laughs> I guarantee you didn't run two miles. Guaranteed. That's actually kind of hurtful because I did. I, I know my guy did two miles. My guy runs a lot. That's weird that you'd say that. Who's your guy? Oh, because I didn't run two miles today. <laughs> I, actually, you just hurt my feelings. Hey, if you're running two miles, then let's, why don't you and I run together? Let's go for a run. Uh, because I'm doing two miles. Not doing 38 there's not, on a bike. There's not a big difference between once you do two miles, then 10 you, miles is not a lot Have you, done the, uh, have you, uh, done, have you done the marathon? <laughs> yes. How many? I've only done one marathon. I will only ever do one marathon. I bet That's you have it. that sticker on the back of your car, too. I do not have the sticker. I you don't have lie. a tattoo. You it's do, not you, anywhere on my you body. Have you done a Lodija? I've not done a Lodija. It's always during football season. Do you have a Ragnar? <laughs> I don't, you but I did. <laughs> I did a Ragnar, but I don't have one. Well, yes, name four. some no, other. No. Name another race. What the, what's the mud race? What, up uh, in, what marathon did you do? Salt Big Lake Sur. Big Sur. Big Sur in Centralish California. What does that huh? sticker look like? Well, I'll show you off air. <laughs> Ninety-seven. It's on the back of his car. Ninety-seven. Five. Twelve. Eight. Today. In the zone and the zone sports in network. The trunk. Hands and Scotty. This is the zone sports network. This. Is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Joining us now to talk a little college football from CBS, the very undefeated and admired Brian Jones. <laughs> Where do you rank Huntley on the list of great quarterbacks this year in the country? He's right there in the top five, if not top two or three. That Washington game really proved a lot to me. One, he's tough, he's accurate, and the guy can lead a football team even when he's not 100%. So everyone's starting to take notice of him. There's no doubting his ability on the field, and he's definitely one of the top five quarterbacks in the game right now. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Ninety seven five twelve eighty the zone and the zone sports network. That was kind of dangerous there for a moment. Yeah, Not smart. <laughs> okay. Shakes are coming, boys. By the way, speaking of which, we'll be live with Wasatch Medical coming up uh, uh, on Friday. Andrew Reinhardt will have a uh, we'll chat an FDA approved breakthrough on permanent solution for ED, no pills, surgery, or needles coming up on Friday on the uh, football Friday edition of the show. Okay, so can I just say, last Thursday, we sat here and we said a few things. We said, number one, <laughs> there's some teams that needed to get off the undefeated streaks. Yep. Baylor and Minnesota. It happened. 
Number two, we said USC has to remain unbeaten after losing to Oregon, their second Pac-12 loss. Not only did they remain unbeaten, they destroyed Cal and they moved back up in the top 25. We've talked about all the things that have to happen for Utah to start to gain momentum, and it's all happening. Yeah. You know, and you bring up a very kind of a interesting detail that hasn't been touched on a lot is USC getting hot near the end of the season. Got it. This has to happen. You can't, you know, you need USC to run the table. Yep. That would help. Well, you don't need, but it would certainly be helpful. You kind of do, don't you? Yeah. You kind of. Lloyd do. brings up a good point. They yeah, got one US, game. Right, so yeah, they need last. to beat UCLA. You, yeah. Do, you, do we do we have any concern about that? I mean, it's the rivalry. How did they? they how did they jump back up? And not only they didn't sneak in at twenty five, they went to the college football playoff rankings up to twenty three. Yeah. That's a four loss team, and that's a. But but as long as they're sitting there, that's considered a quality quality loss. Yeah, absolutely. Not that any loss is quality, well, but you know what I mean. At this point, Kansas State can't catch them. I wouldn't think so. So now Utah's got the better loss out of Utah and Oklahoma. Correct. And 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 Oklahoma's was more recent. Here's the problem, man. I I feel like I'm in a fight that I can't win with this whole thing, though. Well, I mean, it's a it's a fight that just is. I mean, we can sit and yell until we're blue in the face, but it's not going to matter. It's not going to matter. It's not going to matter. And and like this morning, I'm watching some different Sports Center stuff, and they they did this college football playoff commercial, and they were running kind of a, a who's in. And they showed Georgia helmets, and they showed Alabama helmets, and they showed Clemson, and they showed Ohio State, and they showed – they didn't show Utah. Yeah. And, and they didn't show Oregon. And I'm like, well, so we're getting off to a good start here, man. Yeah, that piece was probably produced back in September, but yeah. It might have been. Yeah. It might have been. But still, it's kind of like, well, yeah. you're already not – heavily in the national eye in the conversation i don't know who the guy is that comes on with tony and austin he was he was on with him today i was listening he's brilliant the guy's great he's fun very creative and he he was talking about it he said i he goes i wish people would just wake up and do their job in the east stay awake watch the games it's your job <laughs> you know we sit here we're like well nobody sees him in the east well, who needs to see him? It's the selection committee that needs to see him. Yeah. So keep your butt up and, and, and watch these games. And the other thing is, hey, hey, commissioner, if you stick another one of your Utah games on a Pac-12 8 o'clock kick, somebody needs to smack you. Every one of those needs to be a marquee pick. You know, the, you, you had a marquee weekend, and Utah is facing. Oh, but we got to get eyes on that network. Was it Utah-Washington? Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and I'm trying to remember who they picked over that. It was uh, Oregon and it was whoever Oregon was playing. And a, and a, like a like a 15 yeah. ranked. I mean, team it was a time. pretty it was a pretty good matchup, but Utah's was the better matchup. So it's it's frustrating. Stay up and do your job, and just watch this Utah team. Frank, you you and Scotty have watched a ton of football in your lives. Yes, a ton of football. And you can't watch this Utah team and not say what it's based on, the fundamentals of what it's based on. Shutting down the run. Yep. <clears throat> getting their own run game going. Controlling clock. They're number two in the country right now in time of possession. They control the clock. Yes. They're holding teams to 50 yards rushing. That's, that's your base. That's, those are teams that can compete with anybody. And all of the other things. Third down conversions. 
on both sides of the ball. Yes. Tur- turnover margin. Red zone defense. Red zone offense, I mean, red zone defense. Because that's – and by the way, you go back, that Kyle was shuffling through offensive coordinators like Hans Olsen was prom dates back in the day. I mean, it was just <laughs> – one after another. Yes, one after another. Nine in four years. They were shuffling through me. No. Nine. <laughs> don't don't give me a dirty look. He said that. Anyway, my point is, my point is, you couldn't find red zone offense was always such a huge issue yeah. for Utah. And I yeah. mean, look, you you had an up close and in person view of the whole thing. Yeah. And now they're clicking offensively in the red zone. They, well, Andy Ludwig has been no no short of a genius hire by coach Whittingham. Yeah. He was he was probably better than I gave him credit for the first time around and especially the way that they played against Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. Um but it still seemed at that point that there were that there was something off with that Utah offense. What Utah is now with the addition of Andy Ludwig. By the way, this is, this is no personnel changes, no significant personnel changes on the offensive side. But the numbers are completely different. Mm-hmm. And so you have to look at Andy Ludwig as the genesis of that and, and, the, and the offense that he's instituted. <clears throat> so now you go into, I always used to say, Hans, Utah brings a championship caliber defense every week. Mm-hmm. And we just don't know what's going to happen off on the offensive side. But now you can you can say it's a championship caliber defense with a championship caliber offense. Mm-hmm. Oddly enough, or maybe not oddly enough, the the low point of the three teams, offense, defense, special teams, is the special teams. Yeah. Like that's the one you kinda like, uh it's just okay, yeah. and that's been a real high point for Utah in the past several years. But what's crazy is you haven't needed the usage on it like you've needed in years past where your offenses stall out, and Andy Ludwig's kept his offense on the field. Top 15 in the country in third-down conversions offensively. Top five in the country in third-down percentage defensively. Mm-hmm. Find another team that's in that range. Those, you know, talk, the combination about, of the two. I'm talking about stopping, stopping drives. And continuing drives. That's right. It's awesome how those two are working together, and it makes them a, a championship caliber and a championship level team. It's just it's an impressive group, and and you mentioned there isn't a ton of talent turnover. There's not a ton of talent turnover. Nope. If anything, they lost three offensive linemen to the yep. NFL. Yep. And outside and of that's that, significant for sure. Outside of that, and then they've replaced them well. A couple, you know, you lost a linebacker. To the NFL, uh, you know what's you know what's crazy. So you guys follow Isaac Asiata on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, Isaac put out a tweet that I was actually thinking it when I when I read the tweet, and it was during the I think it was during the UCLA game, and he said <clears throat> it's crazy because you start to think, oh, I'd love to see him, I'd love to see Tyler Huntley do this now. You know, you get the flow of a game, and as an outside observer, you watch things, and you're seeing big pictures, and you're like, you know what would be great <laughs> is if they did this right here. Yeah. And Isaac said, and then I'm thinking it, and then it happens. So Andy Ludwig has a grasp on the big picture of a game's flow. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing uh, in, a, in, a, in a clutch moment when you're seeing the defense is like, oh, screw this. We've, we've got to scoot up. 
there's got to be seven in the box, and you've got to keep your safety shallow. And then the next thing you know, there's Brant Keithy down the seam. Mm-hmm. Safety's trailing. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, phew, that's – and then the same is happening in the red zone. But, you know, the other thing, though, Brant Keithy – and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong here. I don't think he's light years better than Jake Murphy or Wesley mm-hmm. Tonga or some of the other uh, – who was the kid that graduated in like two years – um, when Handley was there, Handley is like, who I was thinking of. Handley, like, was very good. there's been a lot of really good tight ends, and now all of a sudden the tight end is a weapon at Utah. Well, what's what's the uh, what's the difference? Well, you have a quality OC who knows how to say, okay, I've got great weapons here. Let's use them. Yeah, maximize them. Yeah, because they're running two tight end sets with Fotheringham, and Keithy's so aggressive in route, and he's such a a great receiver that they, they're getting it to Keithy, but every now and then teams will start to slide and Fotheringham will have a grab for a 20-yard gain. Right. I could see Fotheringham being a big-time target against Oregon. You know, because you've now you saw Brant. It's like Brant, Brant, Brant against uh, last week against UCLA, and then Fotheringham opens up. Yep. So they've got some nice bookends. And I, I actually agree with that. To a certain extent, I really do. I think Jake Murphy was an athletic physical talent. I think that Wesley Tong had an athletic physical talent. There's something one step further with Keithy. I compared him. I just know Murphy listens to the show a lot, so I just wanted to. But no, well, it's, Murphy it, it, was it's a proper comparison. Yeah. Fantastic. But, but I'm, I look at Keithy and, and his drive and style. You know, I can kind of, kind of loosely compare him to Kittle. Now, Kittle's an NFL doing it, NFL guy doing it at the yeah. NFL level, and he's – He's spectacular when he's on the field for the 49ers. Mm-hmm. But I'm talking about, like, shoulder turn, hip movement, leg drive. You know, when you watch Kittle go for those extra yards, yeah. I- I'm watching Keithy against UCLA on the, on the leg drive, the low pad level, go for the extra 25, 30 yards or a touchdown. And so it, it's impressive what he's doing right now. Really, I... I name him as the outside of Zach Moss and, of course, Tyler Huntley orchestrating it. He is the most deadly offensive threat that the University of Utah has. Outside of Tyler Huntley and Moss, yeah. he, in, in my opinion, he is the one that can move the needle the most right now. 97.5-1280, The Zone. Gather around the radio. It's the Pac-12 Shakedown. We will do it next as Frank Dolce will take you around the conference as only Frank can. You'll hear it next, 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. This is DJ and PK. Kalani Satake, he's got the contract extension. It's been a story all season long, PK. And as soon as they hit bowl eligibility, there it is for him. He brings something to the table that nobody else brought. Lavelle didn't bring it. Croton didn't bring it. Bronco didn't bring it. Kalani could sell the BYU experience because he lived it. And they need that. They need that more than ever. And they need this genuine dude. He has the toughest job of any BYU coach since Lavelle Edwards built it in the early 70s. This was the right move. He's your guy. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Get real goose. You don't need no bad excuse. Dance all night with anyone. 
1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard, rapid, or, uh, time for your Pac-12 shakedown. What were you wrapping up I was, there, a, I was an hour. I was an hour. Wrapping it up. I was ready to shut it down. What? I can't believe. I never want to shut this show down. I wanted to go for four or five hours. I'm going to tell Gordon and Jake, who's still under the weather, that they're just stay home. We got, we got that first bed. hour covered for you. All hey, right. Gordon, stay in bed. We got it. We got it covered. We got you covered, Gordo. All right, so let's start with the shakedown. We're starting. Where do you want to go? Well, yeah. There, first of all, I'm super disappointed that we don't have shakes. I'm going to put the blame on myself. I had a meeting. It ran late. And then I couldn't get them. But then you two decided you didn't want shakes anyway. So it's the Pac-12 shakedown without a shake. God, don't make it sound like if we If you don't wanted want a shake, shakes. then we'd have shakes. I'd go get them, but you said no shakes. It's just... Like, your health concerns are more important than our friendship. That's what you said. It's just trying to make good life choices. <laughs> well, if you think... You know what? Your wealth is measured in friends. What? Yeah. Now you're saying weird things. That's and, the truth. And dead at 45. At death at 45 yeah. or debt? You keep feeding us these, these shakes, man. It's jeez. Oh, okay, how about this? It's rivalry week. UCLA... At the Coliseum. That's a rivalry. Don't make that funny face, Scotty. That's a rivalry. UCLA, Utah hangover. On the road. It's going to be USC 48-13. Keaton Slovis threw for 406 yards a week ago. Four touchdowns with no interceptions. 29 of 35. I I keep trying to throw dirt on the body of USC, and they just keep winning. Game after game after game. I've got shovelfuls of dirt ready to go. That's so horrible. And, and that sounds terrible. Here they come. And, yeah, and they, they just, come. they're like zombies. How, they just, they're a four loss team in the top 25. And as Hans mentioned, top or 23 in the college football playoff. Gee, that's unbelievable. Anyway, yeah, I, I don't think UCLA comes out on top of this one. You guys know the old parable of the donkey that fell into the well, right? He just kept throwing dirt until he got up higher. He just kept shaking off the dirt. Yep. Stepping on top of it. And pretty soon, the old farmer had buried him right back out of that well. Yep. Showed him. I've never heard that. Are you serious? I've never heard that. And I've never heard the other saying that you think is so popular, I want to bite my tongue in half. Yeah. So angry, I'll bite my tongue in half. That's horrible. Back to rivalry week in the Pac-12. Cow! By the, by the five way, and five. real quickly, against yes. the spread, USC 14-point favorite. Would you take USC yeah. minus the 14? Absolutely. Right. I think they're going to beat him by three touchdowns. How big of a deal is this game down there? It's only a 14 point. Yeah. Mm. This is typically a big deal game, but there's so much drama surrounding both programs. Chip Kelly yeah. can't seem to get UCLA where they need to be, and they're lacking some talent. And Dorian Thompson Robinson, I think he quit last week. USC, who's going to be the coach of USC next year? Hired a new AD. A lot of people are saying that Urban Meyer does happen. Urban Meyer does have health concerns, and the new AD doesn't have significant ties, only loose ties to Urban Meyer. And Urban Meyer has only gone to a place where he's had a close relationship with the AD. That, by the way, is a false narrative because he didn't have any relationship with, with Chris, Chris Hill. Hill. Yeah. So uh, I don't know where they came up with that. Who's going to be the coach? So typically this is a big game. 
doesn't feel like a this big game this year. This isn't Troy Aikman and Rodney Pete going toe-to-toe. No. UCLA is averaging seven and a half fans per home game. Any chance they bring Alabama's offensive coordinator back home? N-O. <laughs> Never going to happen. Never Fight on, happen. baby. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Any chance... Is there? Could you ever see Kyle Whittingham leaving Utah to coach USC? I think it's more likely Kyle Whittingham retires than takes another job next year. I would say it's more likely that he takes a USC job over retirement. Just but I turned, still don't think turns sixty today. I know I still that's don't what I'm think saying. He goes to that's a bit of a milestone. I still don't think he goes to USC, and and they wouldn't they wouldn't I don't know they would they would like him at USC. And I don't know if he would hang out with Snoop <laughs> on the sidelines. Could you imagine Coach Whittingham and Snoop hanging out? Uh, not so much Snoop. That would be hilarious. How about Will Ferrell and Coach Whittingham? <laughs> that doesn't seem like a You know what? That's, here's the thing, though. We were talking about, like, I don't know if you're, like, early Christmas music or not. No. Okay. No. No. Guess. If it happens before Thanksgiving. Mm-mm. Okay. All right, Scrooge. But anyway, here's the thing. We were talking about it the other day. Brought on Gary Anderson. Guess what Gary said? I want Christmas music nonstop. Like, Gary is like Mr. Christmas all of a sudden. And he said, my favorite Christmas movie of all time. Take a guess what it was. Elf. Yes. Good pull. He loved Elf. He goes, I'll watch it ten times before Christmas. You know what? And so, I don't know, maybe Gary is a Will Ferrell. I I mean, maybe Kyle is a Will Ferrell. I always thought, like, I've always held... Gary Anderson in the highest regard. Like, I've always thought of him as one of the top-notch people on earth. Like, I always think of him that way. But I've always had this thought about him as well. Am I missing something? And now I've discovered it. Yes. We all... Now I know what it is. None of us saw that one coming. Yeah. Yeah. So, Mr. Chris Kringle. I apologize. Jolly old elf. Cal Stanford. Another oh, big one. Well, are we in the Pac-12 shakedown right now? I was just trying to get us back. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Rivalry week continues. That's how I opened up. It's the Bears. It's the tree. What are they at Stanford? The Cardinal. Stanford's four and six. They. Is this their last game? No, they've got 12. Stanford, is Stanford going to get bowl eligible? Stanford has to win their last two to get bowl eligible. It's at Stanford. Oh, you know what's next for them? Notre Dame. They're not going to get, get bowl eligible. eligible. Yeah. Either way. It's, uh, the way that Stanford's playing, I just don't. And the way that Cal's playing defense, I, I think Cal wins this game at Stanford. Five and five Cal beats four and six Stanford at Stanford. Man, Cal looks so bad last week. Yeah, and by the way, uh, Cal has UCLA to end the season. Cal's going to get bowl eligible. Cal's going to be bowl eligible. Stanford will not be. Who do you have? Cal, Stanford, at Stanford. I'm going to take Stanford in that one. You are? Mm-hmm. What's Cal? Cal's at five wins? Five and five. 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 Stanford's four and six. Yeah. Stanford, Stanford, a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Stanford. Is that the stinker of the week for the Pac-12? Uh, no. No, it is not. Nope. It gets worse? It gets worse. Yeah. Stan- okay, Cal Stanford. Stanford's only playing for finals right now. They're not even playing. They're just yeah. playing for class academics. Uh, Oregon, Arizona State. As Oregon hits the road as a 14-and-a-half-point favorite to take on Herm 
and the uh, and the Sun Devils. I feel the same way about Oregon right now and their this this matchup that I feel about Utah. Oregon only loses this game if Oregon figures out a way to lose this game, like turnovers, penalties, dumb mistakes, missed tackles, not lacking execution on the defensive side. I I like Arizona State. I like Herm Edwards. They're five and five. They're playing for bowl eligibility. Yeah. They should get to bowl eligible because they have Arizona in their final week. I don't think they get over Oregon. I'm pretty sure Oregon is going to win this game handily at Arizona State. That would be uh, that would be not a good situation for Utah if Oregon loses to Arizona State. Oregon cannot lose. Utah and, cannot lose for the sake yep. of the Pac-12. And then uh, and then Oregon will win next week because they're playing Oregon State. So yeah. all they have to do is just get past Arizona State, which they should, and it'll set up a. Uh, a very intriguing Pac-12 championship game. All right, you asked for the stinker of the week. Wait, did you pick Oregon? Yeah, I've got Oregon. You, Minus you, the 14 you have and a half. I'll take Oregon and the points. I would yeah. take Oregon and the points. It's just funny when you guys are talking about this. Like, I just, at this point, I don't want any more surprises in the Pac-12. Just do what you're supposed just, to do. Just do your job. Yeah, do what you're supposed to do so that we don't have to sit here and be like, jeez, oh, okay, oh, what's geez. the consolation? Right. You know? Yeah, exactly. Here it comes. Here's ahead, your stinker. Oregon State heading to Wazoo to take on Washington State. Both teams actually at 5-5. Five and five. Oregon State, if they can get a win, it'll be bowl eligible. It's the Beavers. It's the Cougars. I love it when, when broadcasters introduce the teams that way. It's the Utes. It's the Bruins. Don't you love it yeah, when I, they... I do that. You do that too? Yeah. You do that. It's the Aggies. It's the Aztecs. Yep, I do that. That's good. Is it? I hope you're not mocking me. No, 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 no. No, no, not at all. I love when people do that. Absolutely. (laughs) And there's the tool. That was Lloyd in the background. That's what we call you when we're off air, the tool. (laughs) I'm sure. Jeez, man. (laughs) Stays off air. What are you... Anyway, the Beavers are trying to get bowl eligible. They have to win their last two games against Washington State and Oregon. I don't think they can do it. Well, they're five and five. Oregon State? Yeah, they're four and six. Washington State's five and five. No, I've got uh, ESPN has both of them at five and five. I well, the Pac-12 has them at four and six. All right, my bad. I don't. Well, am I, I'll, I'll double am I read check. that wrong. Five Oregon State. Oh, look at they have it listed twice. Oregon State is listed as five and five in one section of the Pac-12 media book, and four and six in the other section. So you're, we'll go with five and five. You have a third opinion over there. Okay, so both teams are <laughs> bowl eligibility. Oregon State. And Anthony Gordon threw for over 500 yards last week against Stanford. I think Oregon brings only a slight worse defense yeah. to the game. So Anthony Fair Gordon enough. could throw for 600 yards this game. I want Oregon State, but I really like the Pirate. And I want so so Washington State is going to come out on this one. And did you hear? Did you hear Mike Leach with his English accent talking about the horse? <laughs> <laughs> And lead being led to water. And then uh, finally, Washington and Colorado. Uh, Colorado's at home, 14-point dog to the uh, Huskies. Washington roll in this one? Washington should roll in this one. If they don't, then they it's just because they're not interested in the game. But Washington should win this, this one fairly easily. All right, there you go. Pac-12 shakedown. 
right here on the Zone Sports Network. We continue to get you ready for another week of Utah football as the Utes get set for the uh, big one coming up uh, this weekend as they take on Arizona. You're listening to uh, Hans and Scotty with Frank Dolce right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone.